news everyone, Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries, Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We continue to pray for their health, for whatever troubles them, be it physical, mental, emotional, financial. We pray that all who hear these words will be at peace as you seek God's will. We pray the blood of Jesus over COPD. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the everlasting Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I want to look at the book of Ecclesiastes, a difficult book to understand and a book that discusses hopeless despair. Now I'm a positive person, so positive in fact that I believe that the sun will rise tomorrow and it will be sunny. Now I may have to rise above the storm clouds to 35,000 feet, but it will be sunny there. I've always had a problem with Ecclesiastes because of the unusual perspective of the writer. His mantra throughout the book is vanity of vanities or it doesn't matter. The absurdity, the frustration with life, the futility of living, and the nonsense of getting up each day to go to work. I'm depressed already, and we're only at the introduction. Verse 1 introduces the preacher, which translates to the word koalith, or someone who might gather together, lead, or speak to a group of people, like a congregation. He is identified as the son of David, the king of Jerusalem. This title identifies the author as Solomon. When I read this book years ago, I couldn't understand why the richest, wisest man in the world would pen the words in Ecclesiastes. But after looking deeper into the book, I now understand. In Ecclesiastes, anything that does not have eternal value has no real value. So what does a person gain from his labor? What do you get after 40 years or more getting up, going to work each day, coming home, doing what you'd like to do, get some sleep, and then back up again. The phrase under the sun refers to in this life, not the future. This phrase is only found in Ecclesiastes. Some people would argue that a pension made work worthwhile or paying off the house or any number of worthwhile endeavors. But what the preacher is conveying is that when you die, everything you have done in this life is for nothing. When you look at chapter one, verses four through 11, you may realize the circle or cycle of life, the solar cycle, the wind cycle, the hydro cycle, and everything continues over and over. And so the preacher uses the phrase, there is nothing new under the sun to show that there is nothing that can break the cycle. And so my friends, we await the coming of the new heavens and the new earth, which will break the current cycle. Until that day comes, the circle will continue. In chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, the wisest, richest man who ever lived set out to find the meaning of life through wisdom. Folks, if the wisest man who ever lived says that it is useless to find meaning, what hope is there for any of the rest of us? The key words in verse 13 are seek and search. Although Solomon used all of his heart to find meaning, he could not do it, inasmuch as grasping for the wind in verse 17. Now, let me speak to the smart and wise people listening to today's podcast. With all the knowledge that is easy to obtain on the internet, in books, and other sources, 
Why do we still have the same problems that have plagued mankind for centuries? The problem is unsolvable, and those who learn more are frustrated by the fact that they can't do any more than when they knew less. In chapter 2, Solomon asks if pleasure was worthwhile. Now, when you are the world's richest man, you can be creative when it comes to pleasure. This may explain Solomon's 700 wives and 300 concubines, as he was obviously seeking the pleasure of the women in the palace. This did not work, otherwise he would have stopped before he got to 1,000. Laughter couldn't do it, and wine couldn't do it. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if the only way to live a life of pleasure is to live it 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, it's impossible. If eating gives you pleasure, you cannot eat all the time. If laughter gives you pleasure, you cannot laugh all the time. If you like to drink, you can't drink all the time, although this theory is tested every day. And if sex gives you pleasure, you cannot have sex all the time. Even you studs cannot perform for 24 hours a day. Solomon proceeded to construct large building projects, vineyards, parks, and when you are the richest person in the world, you can buy anything you want, which includes slaves, huge herds and flocks on a scale that had never been seen before or since. All of his accomplishments brought him fame, which again had no value. Deion Sanders was a two-sport professional athlete, which means he had two pro contracts bringing in money. The fame and the money did not replace the lack of joy and peace that was missing in his life, so he decided to end his life by driving his car off a 40-foot cliff. But God spared his life, and now he impacts the lives of the young men he coaches. Money and fame were meaningless. My friends, when I read the beginning of chapter 3, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. By the time I got to the fifth use of the word time, I was exhausted. In verse 3 of chapter 3, Solomon is not promoting murder. He was wise enough to know that killing is murder. So what is he saying? When you go back to verse 2, he begins a life and death theme that he carries through to verse 8. He starts with the time to be born and a time to die. Then, a time to plant, which is life, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, which is death. All the events in life are destined to come to an end, especially when the events are man-driven. But God has a plan for our lives that does not lead to despair. We get despair when we are out of the covering of his blessings. Solomon's words in chapter 3, verse 13 may be the wisest words he wrote. He says, And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. My Christian friends, we serve a God who is able to supply all of our needs and we should enjoy them to the fullest within the plan of God. My God never intended for us to be gluttons, so eating too much can be a detriment. Just look down at your waistline. The consequences of too much to drink has had devastating effects on our lives and the lives of others. But the context here is to enjoy the fruits of your labor, but know that drunkenness is not a part of God's plan. And my friends, when you are gainfully employed, that is a wonderful thing. When you become a workaholic, it is not God's plan. God took a day off, not because he needed it, but to set the example for us to enjoy the good of all of our labor. How can you enjoy the good of your labor if you're always working? 
Let me share the Glen Raglan vacation plan with you. I take off every three months. I start during the Christmas holidays, take off time in March, again in June, and finally in September. I plan that time off to enjoy the good of all my labor. Why? Because it is a gift of God. Folks, you have to put yourself in a position to receive your gifts from God. And if you miss it, he may or may not give you another gift. If you are in his plan, you will be where he places you and you can receive his blessings, his gifts. If you operate on your own, then you'll be at the bus station when the gift is at the airport. Or you'll be at the train station when his gift is waiting for you at the cruise line dock. My comrades for Christ, once we understand that this is not our home, that we are aliens passing through, that our life here under the sun is temporary, but our life with God is eternal, then we will not let the sorrow and despair of this life get us down. We have too much to look forward to to look back. So my friends, I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. It's probably not the plan your parents have for you, and it's probably not the plan your friends have for you. It is a plan that you must seek and search, and when you do, it will be revealed to you. He is waiting to have a relationship with you, to talk to you, and you to him. He wants to give you good gifts because he loves you. But you cannot have a relationship with God if you have sin in your heart. And he's provided a way out for us through his son, Jesus, the Christ. He has taken away our sins and the path is cleared for us to have a relationship with God. But you must believe that Jesus has done this for you and exchange your sin-filled life with his sinless life. Let's pray. So Father, please accept us and see us as only you can through your son, Jesus. In the name of the son of the highest, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.